We know, we say scriptures like, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall lack nothing. But how did we get to that place is because he died and gave himself. And, and he cares for us deeply and passionately. Hallelujah. He is a loving God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for all that he has done for us. We thank you, Lord God, that again, that he, he is our healer, that he endured such great uh, pain and opposition uh, in order to bring us healing, life, redemption, salvation, peace, prosperity. We thank you, Lord God, that nothing that you have do you withhold from us. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you for it. Just agree with me in prayer now. Father, I thank you for your anointing to speak the word of God boldly, accurately, and effectively as I ought to speak it. Thank you for these, your mighty ones, Lord God, being able to hear your voice today and apply your word to their life in a practical way. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, who is our teacher, who leads us and guides us into all truth, granting unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ flooding our hearts with light that we may know the hope of our calling and the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints and the exceeding greatness of your power in us as believers, which is according to your mighty power that you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in heavenly places. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Just going to get right into the word today. Uh, praise God. We've been talking uh, about the subject uh, titled, This Changes Everything. Uh, this is a, a message, um, or a series rather, I started on Easter, and uh, um, try not to go back and, and re preach those two messages. So I encourage you to get them. Uh, um, we are going to wheel from one of those scriptures that has been uh, uh, consistent in the two messages. Uh, John chapter 12, we'll begin there. John chapter 12, uh, verse 31 through 33. And uh, this is uh, Jesus speaking of um, his, uh, what he is about to do on the cross. But it, he starts in verse 31 here. It says, now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out and then he goes into, and I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. This he said, signifying by what death he would die. So he is tying uh, verse 31 with his uh, crucifixion. His death, burial, and resurrection uh, was a judgment of this world. And the ruler of this world would be cast out. And we see uh, this in scriptures where he stripped off principalities and powers, made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in the work of the cross. So, uh, so his death, burial, and resurrection was a, uh, what I had mentioned of uh, God speaking to the serpent and the woman's seed will bruise your head and you'll bruise his heel. Well, when would that take place? Right there when he stripped off principalities and powers, when life went into literally hell and there was an explosion. Listen, the last payment of sin was made and there was an explosion. 
There was an explosion, exertion of power, uh, and, and this power uh, we talk about when we say the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. So that power that was exerted uh, changed everything. Changed everything. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we are not uh, in the same condition um, as uh, the church previous to this event. Uh, because uh, the, the church previous to this event, when I say the church, this would be uh, the, the Jews, okay, uh, who had a covenant with God, um, and Abraham uh, was credited righteousness because of his faith, so he had it to his credit, uh, but we have it in our possession. So it changed everything. In uh, the Passion Translation, um, in this particular passage, it says, from this moment on, everything in this world is about to change. For the ruler of this dark world will be overthrown, and I will do this when I am lifted up off the ground, and when I draw the hearts of people to gather them to me. Woo! When? Right there. In his death, burial, and resurrection, he accomplished that which uh, could not be accomplished by anyone else. No human being could do it because we were in debt. We were sinners. He paid a debt. We sing about this. He paid a debt he did not owe. We owed a debt. We could not pay. <laughs> so in one swoop, Jesus changed everything. In one play, we said the Christian Super Bowl on Easter. <laughs> in one play, in one play, woo! Jesus received the ball. He became sin. And he ran it to the end zone. And we're going to call it the end zone. <laughs> so I like the, the, the footnotes of the Passion Translation concerning this in, in verse uh, 31. It says, uh, it says, the time of judging the world system has come. The judging of the world is the overthrow of the kingdom of darkness. The preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ is passing a sentence of judgment on this fallen world and declaring treason in the kingdom of darkness. Everything changes because of the cross, the hinge of history. I really believe the hinge of eternity. Because this gospel does not just affect this nasty now, it affects eternity. It changes everything. It is not limited to uh, us in a body. It isn't limited to your uh, 100 years on the planet. It is not limited. There are no limitations because God exerted this power in Christ and it will echo through eternity. 
Insomuch he says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Never does not end when you leave your body. Never means never. We often use eternity for hell. Listen, hell is too hot and eternity is too long. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you know what? What about heaven? Woo! Glory to God forever. Forever and ever and ever and ever. And how long is that? And ever and ever. Woo! This changes everything. Hallelujah. We know and we have shared Matthew 28, 18. Jesus uh, came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. When was it given? Right there. Right then. He now has taken back and some. Now God gave to Adam authority he lost it, turned it over to Satan. Jesus went, got it back, and he's now giving it back again. Let's try this again. But this time differently, because before Adam, listen, Adam was not in Christ doing it. Hello, you with me? We are in him doing it. As though Christ himself is standing in Satan's face. That's what we should, we should say. We should stand before demons and devils and Satan and say, do you remember this? I am wearing the same stuff that... I am wearing the same stuff. You recognize? So you better recognize... Because when Christians begin to recognize whose they are and who they represent and walking in the revelation and understanding that you are not just some peon, you are not just some punk, you are not just some weak, you are not just somebody who's a side thought, a stepchild. You're not even a grandchild. You are a direct child, offspring of the living God. In so much that Paul said, it is as though Christ himself, God himself, is standing inside of us, pleading, be ye reconciled to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. So there's, and you just feel like just looking for devils sometimes, just instead of hiding from them. You know, I was raised in uh, Catholicism and there's a, a certain amount of uh, uh, spookiness about it, you know, and superstition. And, and I found out that you go into uh, Latin America, we've gone to Peru, we've gone to Honduras, we've gone to Ecuador, and uh, we've uh, gone to these places and there's, it kind of gets mixed up down there, Catholicism with witchcraft. Literally, I'm not kidding. 
But, you know, even though I, I was from America and have more of a, um, I guess you would call it more of a uh, Irish version of Catholicism where I'm from, because, uh, we, you know, you have Father O'Malley, you know, somebody like that, you know, is your pa- pa- priest, you know. And, but, you know, it, comes, it seems like there's a, a certain amount of superstition, man. If you don't kneel when you come in there and do this, you know, and, and throw water on yourself when you come in, it, it, it's, it's actually like a little bit more superstitious. But I want you to know that you have been delivered I said, you've been delivered. And actually, Christians do the same thing. I'm sorry. Can I tell the truth in church today? And you start believing heavier in processes than in whom you belong and in whom you have uh, been placed. Trusting in your position in God. Do you think that it's all going to work if you come to church enough? Come to enough services? Now, listen. Now, you're talking to a pastor here. Or I'm talking, am I? Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm the one talking. (laughs) So, here is a pastor speaking to you who believes that you should come into church. We know the scriptures that do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together as the manner of some is and exhorting one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Well, if we've ever saw it approaching, we see it now like never before. I believe in going to church, but you don't trust in works. Don't trust in processes, trust in God. Trust in the position. Just settle in the fact that I am a child of God. Hallelujah. And we sing that song, you know, I am a child of God. Why does that move us so much? Because it's being challenged so much. And we sing a song and it seems so simple and we all just get moved because we've had our theology rocked in some way. That's right, I'm a child of God. That's right. Goodness sakes. What? Revisiting some of the most basic truths. But listen, that basic truth is the answer to overcoming everything else. Your position as a child of God. What he did 2,000 years ago is no less powerful today than the moment that power was released in hell and that explosiveness of the very life and nature of God now resides inside of you is no less powerful to raise Jesus Christ from the dead. If he did it again, we got it inside of us. Woo! So you don't understand, I've been dealing with some devils. No, you actually have set up camp for them. Because of your victim mentality. You know, I did not want to do this to the eight o'clock service. Praise the Lord. So he said, all authority, all authority, all authority has been given. Not some of it, not partial or most of it. All, every ounce, every, there is no other authority. 
Jesus got it all. That means you have the rulership, you have the dominion, you have the victory, you have everything you need that pertains to life and godliness. You lack nothing. Nobody in this room has any advantage over you. Not me, not pastor, minister Floyd. I mean, he can sing and that's wonderful. He's got, you know, he's got that. But the Bible doesn't say you better be able to sing. Bible says make a joyful noise. Most of us can make some noise. The God of heaven lives inside of you. The creator of all things is right here. The fullness of the Godhead dwells in bodily form. And I am complete in him. Not incomplete. Complete. You are complete. You are one bad dude. I'm telling you, there are some, some, some men and women in this house. Praise God. You spend time in the presence of God. You are doing the work of the kingdom. There is no reason when all of the soldiers of hell come after you looking for you and they say your name, you say, I am she. And those demons fall back and run and scream. And she knows who she is. We got to look for someone else. He knows who he is. We got to look for someone else. Satan himself telling them, oh, no, no, no. Don't go after that one. See these scars right here? This one? That's right. They look at Satan. Oh, oh, yeah. Let's go to the next house. Cause turn to him and say, "Put it on him." Luke chapter ten, verse nineteen in the New King James. It says, "Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, and over some of the power." All the power of the enemy and some, nothing, no thing, right? Nothing shall by what? Any means, by any means hurt you. Any means, by any means. They have no means. They have no grab. They have no hold. They have no handle. They have no way of accessing you. Why? Because this changed everything. Sickness and disease are lying vanities. Ha! Woo! Says F.F. Bosworth in his book, Christ the Healer. Lying vanities. Trespassing. Illegally. Trespassing. Weakness. Whoo. 
Hallelujah. The Passion Translation of uh, Luke 10, 19 says, Now you understand that I have imparted to you my authority to trample over his kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Absolutely nothing will harm you as you walk in this authority. Did I say as you walk in this authority? We just got to put back on our armor, get our shoes on, belt, get our loin gear on, breastplate, right? Get our swords. Woo! Praise the Lord. Amen. Looking like some kind of crazy jungle creature. Even your shoes are a weapon. Having our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel, your shoes are a weapon. Did you know when Paul did, said that in Ephesians chapter 6, do you realize that the shoes they used to wear were so dangerous? When the soldiers would come through town, everybody would have to scatter because you do not want to be stepped on. They had spikes, they were a weapon. So they were stabbing, using their shield as a weapon and a shield, and they were stabbing them, they were cutting them, they were stomping people to kill them. So we are crazy, crazy, authoritative, wild people of God. We are not victims. We go out into our day, open our doors, I'm here. Woo. Children of God, offspring of the most high, creator of all things. Everything that was made was made by him. Praise God. So we got some juice. Right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we, we shared uh, Romans 5, 17. It says, uh, for if by the one man's, this is New King James, for if by the one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more, everybody say much more. Those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through one Jesus Christ. Now, again, this is taking us back to the beginning where God told them, uh, take dominion, have dominion. He said, reign over them, uh, everything, elements, animals. We reign in this life through him. In Romans 5, 17, New Living Translation says, for the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. How much more? Jesus didn't come and just fix it. He didn't just plug the hole. He didn't just patch it. In fact, none of us could be fixed. We was broke beyond repair. So what did he have to do? He had to annihilate us, do away with us, and create a new us. 
2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he, he, who's he, the man in Christ, is a new creature, a brand new species. Oh, we love stuff like X-Men and, and, you know, all these different superheroes, you know, you know, uh, but I'm telling you, uh, man, when the Holy Ghost comes on you, you're going to be saying, smash, <laughs> you know, going to be like the Hulk, you know, just, Wah. he's one bad dude. You don't have to turn green. Just recognize who you are. You don't even have to, you know, get real upset about stuff. I was always impressed with Smith Wigglesworth when he'd cast out a demon in somebody. He would just go into their, wherever they are, their dwelling, and say, come out of them in Jesus' name. And then he would walk out. And they'd be talking to him as he's walking away. I don't have to come out. He was just like, <laughs> that's funny. So then he would keep going. And then sometimes the people uh, that were there, they thought, well, why did I even have you come over? They still have the devil. They still have the demon. And uh, next thing you know, uh, the uh, naked woman who never clothed herself and was out of her mind shows up all clothed, showered, clean, hair combed at the dinner table with them. And the parents got their mouth open. Why? Because he knew. They have to obey. He didn't go there and please come out. No, I said come out. He said, come out in Jesus' name. And then, that's done. Okay. We are not trying to convince the devil that we're in authority. We are in authority. Listen to the message the Message Bible, Romans chapter 5, verse 16 through 17, it says, Yet the rescuing gift is not exactly parallel to the death-dealing sin. If one man's sin put crowds of people at the dead end abyss of separation from God, just think what God's gift poured through one man, Jesus Christ, will do. There's no comparison between that death-dealing sin and this generous life-giving gift. The verdict on that one sin was the death sentence. The verdict on the many sins that followed was this wonderful life sentence. If death got the upper hand through one man's wrongdoing, can you imagine the breathtaking recovery life makes absolute life in those who grasp with both hands this wildly extravagant life gift, this grand setting everything right that the one man, Jesus Christ, provides? Woo! Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 This just makes you another being. Old things have passed away. No, this isn't you as, as usual. This is a new you. I died. I'm dead. My life is hid with Christ in God. I'm a brand new species. Amen. This is different than Adam. He had dominion, but Jesus is dominion. Amen. That's good. Woo. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Here come the judge. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo, woo, woo. Praise God. 
I got a few minutes left. In Mark 16, 19, if you just, just listen real good, Mark 16, 19, says, so then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. Woo, everybody say, he sat down. Hebrews 1.3, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. Everybody say sat down. <laughs> Hebrews 10.12, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, how long? Forever, sat down at the right hand of God. Woo! There is a finalization uh, when, when the king sits down. <laughs> Hebrews 12.2, looking unto Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You could actually translate that the originator and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Woo! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! And you are in him. Guess what? When he sat down, you sat down. You are seated in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion. Guess what? Not only in this age, not only in the nasty now, but in the ages to come, the worlds to come, that you will for eternity be in him. And we're worried about tomorrow. <laughs> What's going to happen? <laughs> oh my goodness, saints, let's wake up. Amen. Shake off the heavy bands. Woo. My understanding is they do flea circuses is they'll put a cup over fleas and they hit their head on the cup. You know? And then they can take the cup away and they will never jump higher than that. And so you and I, we have hit our head on some cups. But Jesus broke the cup, threw it out. The restrictions that you are experiencing are what you have placed on yourself. All authority. All authority. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Ephesians uh, chapter 2. In verse one, it says, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world and according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Let's go to verse four because I don't have any time. But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, there's that love that, that is the very, very center of what has changed us. Why we are where we are is because of God's love. Isn't that wonderful? Verse five, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ. That in the ages to come, 
In other words, it doesn't end. You know, we think, oh, well, after the millennial reign, you know, we've got to get out of our seat. We're going to have to move over, do something. No, no. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Woo! For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So this is a qualification. You are not saved by works, but you are saved for works. Okay, this is good. This is good. Because your works don't necessarily uh, define you, but works are what you were created for. So eventually, who you are and your position in God will find its expression in good works. It's so amazing because literally, if you go into translations like Amplified Classic, it says that he prearranged. So it doesn't matter if you were conceived in the back of a 56 Chevy or how precarious if you were adopted, a foster child, or you have no idea who your mama or daddy is. It don't matter. God never says, "Uh uh-oh. God never says, wow, I didn't see that coming. Before the foundation of the world, he had laid out pre-arranged a path, a purpose, a plan, and there is no sideliners here. Everybody has his place. Everybody is to have their expression. Each and every one of you are valuable and precious. We need you in your position. We need you to be the best you you can be. We for sure need you to shake off the heavy bands of oppression, to shake off the, oh, woe is me or why me. We need you to shake that off and be Become the great being God created you to be so that you can have full expression in the earth so that you can make your effect on the body of Christ into this world and to save those who are captive and to release those who have been in bondage. Oh, so you'll open your mouth. God will fill it. He's using you. Everybody's called. Everybody's called. Everybody's called. Jesus brought you up into himself. He took you up into himself. He went down into the lower regions and suffered the full penalty that you and I deserved. And he took us up with him and he sat down with us in him. Don't sit in your high position and do nothing. You are a danger to hell. He, if you do nothing, he, the enemy, has you right where he wants you. You were born to be effective, born to shake up this world. There are many voices, but the voice of God says you are forgiven. The voice of God says there is therefore now no condemnation. The devil is the accuser of the brethren, making you feel less. You are a mighty man or woman of God, I promise you. 
if you could see yourself through God's eyes just for a moment, it would scare you. Is Is that how you see me? God's saying, that's how I made you. See, it makes you walk different. Before you were like this, now you're like. And when you start walking the walk, talking the talk, Satan and his demons are like, there's going to be trouble here. That is right. His gig is up. His gig is up. God's plans for you are good. Real, 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 real good. And what Jesus has done changes everything.